Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Aramark. Whether your company is constantly battling for the top talent in your space or you're worried about keeping employees on board following the COVID-19 shutdown, it's imperative you develop a strategy for recruiting and retaining employees. It just makes good financial sense. Labour turnover can cost your company up to 33% of employees' annual salaries, and that adds up fast. That's why Aramark, the top provider of healthy and delicious food options in dynamic dining environments, created a guide that reviews the top trends for recruiting and retaining talent. And you can get a free copy for being a Recruiting Future podcast listener. You know you can trust Aramark's insights since they offer customer service across food, facilities and uniforms wherever people work, learn, recover and play. Their 280,000 team members deliver experiences that enrich and nourish the lives of millions of people in 19 countries around the world every day. For your copy of the guide, just head to bit.ly slash Aramark Insights. It covers the top seven trends and it's free to download. That URL again, bit.ly slash Aramark Insights. And Aramark is spelt A-R-A-M-A-R-K. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 276 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The last few years has been a boom time for recruiting technology, with record levels of investment and interest as the digital transformation of talent acquisition progresses. So how has the pandemic affected things in the short term? And what is the changed future of the recruiting technology market going to look like? My guest this week is Jonathan Kestenbaum, co-founder of Talent Tech Labs. Talent Tech Labs is constantly monitoring the recruiting technology marketplace, and Jonathan has some very valuable insights to share. 
Hi, Jonathan, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Really excited to be here. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. I think you were on the show probably a few years ago now. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yes, it's actually, it's definitely been a number of years and uh, there's been major shifts in my personal life since then and and then in Talent Tech Labs. I think before we spoke, I was was single and now I'm married with a kid. So lots has changed in my personal life. Give everyone kind of an overview of what you of what you do. Yeah, so Talentic Labs is on a mission to elevate the state of the art in recruitment technology, um, and so we're a research and advisory business. We do that by um, taking all of our intelligence, putting it into research reports, which we sell to heads of talent and CEOs of staffing firms through a research model. Actually, Matt, when we spoke originally a number of years ago, we had a uh, the business was a bit different. Uh, we were we looked a lot more like a venture capital fund investing in early stage recruitment technologies than a research firm advising heads of talent and CEOs of staffing firms. And and really the the reason for that is, you know, as I said, we were on a mission to elevate the state of the art in recruitment tech. Uh, we started by helping early stage recruitment technologies uh, go to market a bit more effectively by introducing them to heads of talent and CEOs of staffing firms and sources of capital. And what we realized along the way was actually the, the heads of talent and CEOs of staffing firms, the buyers of these technologies needed just as much help. And so what we tried to do was create a common language through uh, which we could allow both sides of the um, process to communicate. And and that's really what that taxonomy, the ecosystem that we put out is, is it's the common language through which we allow the buyers and the builders of talent acquisition technology to communicate. Fantastic stuff. And I want to I want to talk a bit more about the latest developments with your ecosystem as we get into the conversation. Before we do, obviously, the, the last few years has been a time of really kind of unprecedented growth for recruiting you know, and HR technology. So lots of investment, lots of companies expanding their tech stacks, lots of growth. And then obviously, we've got to 2020. The global pandemic has come along and seemingly changed everything. What are you seeing at the moment? What's what's the market looking like? How are things changing? Yeah, I mean, similar to uh, everybody, all the technology providers, we had a record banner year last year, you know, grew the organization by 285%. Uh, and so we were coming off of that big high running into 2020, uh, planning to scale the organization as fast as we could. Uh, the pandemic hit and things pretty much froze. Um, and I would say, um, you know, we're now three, four months into the pandemic. And uh, while sales are still generally slow in the market for folks buying new technology, um, it's not because, and I could I could tell you this for, as a fact from my conversations with, you know, over 50 heads of talent, it's not because talent acquisition is no longer a priority. And it's not because um, technology is no longer a priority. It's just a function of not knowing uh, where business is going to be. You know, I, I use the word punting. So I, you know, from my understanding, from my conversations, technology is still very much a top priority. I'd say, you know, as I'm sure we've all we all know, we we went from the pandemic into uh, the, the the protests, and you know. Even around the protests and, and black the Black Lives Matter movement, you know the, the the focus on diversity still is touching upon how can technology help us do this at scale. So 
Um, Technology is still super important. Um, we, we, we do believe as the, as the economy opens up, uh, folks will stop hunting and start buying new technology. I mean, we have, we do know folks that are buying technology today. Um, the, you know, the, the second part of that question is, you know, are the types of technologies that organizations, uh, you know, leverage going to change now, now that, you know, the market's a bit different or folks are working from home. And the answer is absolutely, you know, there are some short-term challenges that exist now. So just to give you an example, some of the challenges, one, courts are closed in the U S you can't do background checks. (laughs) Uh, the job boards don't have a location and the way their revenue model works for remote work. So they error out when you try to post a job looking for somebody remote, which is frankly what most people are probably going to start to do. So that needs to be fixed. Now, those are, I mentioned those two challenges first, because those are two challenges that, you know, one, it's frankly, one's an easier fix, you know, allowing and creating a, a revenue model around how to post remote work jobs. You know, the second is fixed when the courts open. So these are not technology challenges that someone's going to have to spend money to solve. You know, it's like the equivalent of, you know, in in the past when we'd have these outbreaks of coronaviruses that were, uh, you know, not as contagious. Uh, You know, you never get a big biotech company to build a a, a, a spend money to build a vaccine for something that they couldn't see a lot of scale around. So these issues are not going to, you know, warrant new technology. There are other issues that have come up that I think will warrant new technology or companies to spend more more of a focus on them. I'd argue that that would be around in virtual internships. Um, we're seeing a lot of folks ask about that. You know, video interviewing has already been adopted and commoditized. So I'm not, you know, there's not too much going on there. Assessments um, going to become um, a, a big focus. They've always been, but even more of a focus because you're not going to be able to have as much one-on-one time with the candidate before you hire them. Absolutely. That, that makes perfect sense. And it, it also kind of, kind of reflects the conversations that I've been having with people and some of the interviews on the podcast. TA leaders are, are doing a lot of thinking, a lot of reflecting, and a lot of planning at the moment in terms of w- what the future looks like and the different needs they have from their technology setups. And the virtual interns is interesting as well. I've got an interview coming up that I'll be sort of publishing in the next few weeks with, with a company that's actually doing that and their kind of experiences of it. So yeah, there's there, there are a lot of things going on in the in the in the technology landscape, definitely. Just tell us a little bit more for people who've not come across it before about your ecosystem, because I think one of the biggest challenges, and it will remain a challenge as we as, as we move forward, is there are so many different types of technology solution out there. Sometimes cataloging them and making sense of them can can be can just seem impossible. And it's obviously something that you've managed to do as an organization. So just just talk us through how you saw the different aspects of talent technology. Yes. Yeah, so and it kind of goes to our, our origin story um, as an organization. So Talent Tech Labs was started inside of a staffing firm in New York. The CEO of that staffing firm was a very progressive thinker knew that technology was going to be a strategic advantage, was failing at adopting new technologies. And he brought me in to help him try to figure out what technology he should leverage. What we identified during the, you know, I'd call it, you know, the the discovery period uh, was that he was failing at adopting new technologies for two reasons. 
One, he was oversold by the vendors and they were under delivering because they would tell you they do everything or it's on their roadmap. And frankly, they still do. And, you know, we get death threats because, you know, we put somebody in a category that they don't think they fit in. <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 the second is that he was not able to operationalize the technologies within his business once he bought them. So, you know, it's SaaS technology. It didn't require on-prem servers. So, so there was, because there wasn't as much uh, of a IT focus and there wasn't, it didn't disrupt his business as much to just swipe his credit card. Uh, he wasn't changing his process, you know, or creating, you know, management to support the new technologies. So um, he was failing at, at making, uh, you know, getting effective use out of them. So the first challenge was what we went, we went to solve because it was easier. And so the way that we thought about that was, well, let's go out and index all the features and functionality and all the revenue models that exist in this space. In 2014, there was maybe 150 technologies. It wasn't a massive challenge. And, you know, today there are thousands. You know, I've had the unfortunate privilege of demoing probably north of 2,500, 2, right, of those technologies. When we broke it into features and functionality, revenue models, and looked at where those companies were generating the majority of their revenue, right? So rather than someone could tell you that they do everything, but if they're only generating, you know, 4% of their revenue from that feature, you know, it's really not core to their business. And so um, that was the beginning of this ecosystem. And what we did was we, we created names for these categories of feature and functionalities, you know, job boards, job board distributors, uh, video interviewing tools, e-staffing companies, social search tools, uh, applicant tracking systems, candidate relationship management systems. And we then made, put it on a map and highlighted what we believe to be the innovative and influential tools. Uh, at first, this was a function of, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, in 2014, we had this on our wall. People would come into our office and stick their logo up on the wall. So it was a function of who came into our office that made it on the ecosystem. You know, I, I'd say the next iteration of that was, you know, our team's understanding of the, the company's ability to execute. You know, we, we, I, I have come from, I'm a lawyer by education. I am a, I have a background being an entrepreneur, building and selling town, a town acquisition technology company. So uh, the next phase of that was, do these founders have the ability to execute? You know, will they be around if you leverage them? Uh, and so that was, you know, the, the 2015 version. And then we got much more thoughtful and sophisticated with how we rank and rate these technologies. And now we're leveraging buyer feedback on the technologies, you know, uh, things like revenue, things like um, amount of money invested, the uniqueness of the feature set. And so it's become uh, our research process has become much more robust. Obviously, an ecosystem is a is a living, breathing thing and the market's evolving and changing all the time. And as we said at the start of the conversation, is likely to change significantly in the in the coming months. So I know that you're kind of always sort of reviewing and adding new categories and subdividing older categories. So what's the, the latest stage of the evolution? What are the, the newer things that you're spotting as, as key trends rather than just one-off things that vendors are trying to sell? Yeah, so I'd say the largest macro trend unfortunately accelerated by the pandemic is consolidation. So we have 34 sub verticals. Those are the bubbles on the ecosystem. Uh, we've, we've always known there was going to be consolidation. That's actually been our thesis all along uh, is that 
hey, look at all these point solutions. It's noisy. It's messy. There needs to be consolidation. Let's be the let's be the guiding light, you know, in the space that helps to make sense of this information. So we always knew there was going to be consolidation. The pandemic's going to accelerate it because they, these companies are going to fail much faster uh, because the market's just not as frothy, as fruitful as it used to be. Um, so that being in mind, you know, we I do, you know, have a vision for what that ecosystem looks like in five years. And frankly, it's going to look a lot more like eight bubbles than 34 because <laughs> um, there's going to be significant consolidation. Now, in the short term, though, as you suggested, uh, we do update the ecosystem. So we are updating the, the we're constantly out in the market demoing technology companies globally. We have a team of researchers that are doing this. Um, we're, we're constantly rethinking how we structure the ecosystem. You know, we've been lucky that it's been relatively stable, the structure, the taxonomy we've created, and it changes maybe once a year, twice a year. We'll add a new category, remove a category, depending on where things go. Um, so in the short term, some of the new changes, um, and this will be reflected on the ecosystem that we release next year, I believe you'll see a new category, uh, two new categories. And um, don't hold me to this because we have to have a debate about this as a research team. But directionally, I think there's a category for recruitment marketing platforms, uh, which are separate from CRMs focused on recruitment marketing. I also think there's a category for robotic or recruitment process automation, and that will split off of the bots category. So in the short term, you know, next 12, you know, I'd say three months for us because we're, we're deep in the weeds of updating the ecosystem. I do believe you're going to see uh, a few new categories pop out. So you're not going to see that consolidation quite yet in the in the long term, five years, significant consolidation in the space for sure. It's interesting that you mentioned automation there, because certainly what I was finding anyway, but I've certainly um, found this to be the case in the last few months is there's tremendous interest out there from companies in terms of automation and what's possible and where recruiting automation is is, is, is going to go. It seems to me, though, that we're still right at the start of that journey what what's your sort of view on the potential of automation in recruiting yeah i mean it's kind of funny right so uh every chro we speak to every head of talent says uh we want to leverage ai i mean that's you know top priority always one two or three i mean diversity now is a hot topic you know for a while it was college recruitment you know now ai 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 Five years ago, every pitch deck that we looked at said big data. Now, every pitch deck that we look at says AI. Uh, it's just not possible that all these companies are leveraging artificial intelligence. These, you know, they're not. They can't afford the the, the really good artificial intelligence developers that d- Google and Facebook can afford. So, as an organization, we went out to the market and surveyed all the talent acquisition technology companies uh, we that we knew. So. Uh, all is relative, right? I you know I would argue that we see more than anyone else globally, but we definitely don't see everything. So we, we, we demoed all the talent acquisition technology companies that we knew. Um, we asked them if they're leveraging AI. Over 75% of them said they were. That's not possible. We dug deeper. What type of AI are you leveraging? 
what we found was they were leveraging machine learning, natural language processing, deep learning, and neural networks. When we mapped that, you know, first of all, when we looked at the percentages, less than 1% were using neural networks and deep learning. And, you know, when we mapped that to what functions that, that AI could solve in recruitment, you know, machine, natural language processing and machine learning mapped themselves well to matching engines, prediction engines, um, recommendation engines, where neural networks and deep learning are required for much more complex, you know, contextual language understanding, conversational AI, things like that. So, you know, when we took that data and, and went to advise our clients, really the lowest hanging fruit technology that was actionable today for them to leverage was matching. And so, and I still very much believe that, that matching is the lowest hanging fruit for, for leveraging AI today. So, and, and that we're very far away from conversational AI. So, you know, at the, a few minutes ago, we talked about the ecosystem and how that's evolving. You know, I didn't touch upon some of the directional trends in the space because across the ecosystem, there's obviously trends that are happening. Um, and trends that happen, you know, high volume, low volume, different industries, et cetera. Matching or, and specifically matching around AI is one of the trends that we're seeing in the market. Uh, one, it, it's it's a way uh, a TA leader can tell their CHRO that they are leveraging AI <laughs> uh, because they all want to be able to say that they are. Um, two, it actually can make a meaningful difference in the recruitment process. Absolutely, that 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 makes perfect sense, and I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see to see to see how things develop. One question I have is obviously there's a there's a there's a whole lot of technology out there that's a, that's established. You mentioned big data a, a second ago, and to me, uh, data analytics are still woefully kind of underused in um, talent acquisition and I, I think that you know more more companies should be embracing that to understand their strategies and, and how they're working what in your view is being missed by ta leaders currently what's the what's what's the thing that you think everyone should be doing but not many people are it's a tough question to answer but i, I i'm going to try to answer on uh, you know with the context of a, a maturity m- map so you know organizations are a different points on a journey of digital transformation. And so, you know, as, as an organization, Talent Tech Labs is, is on a mission to help an organization going through a digital transformation in TA do it successfully. And that's all about helping them plan, select the right tools, and then optimize the tools they have, get the most out of it and stay on this, you know, lean loop because you always have to be looking at what's new because as artificial intelligence makes its way more generally into the organization, not just in TA, but in every department, uh, the skills needed within the organization are going to change and TA is going to have to be way more nimble than they're used to. In that regard, companies are at are on different points of their journey. Some companies are just starting. Some companies are in the mi- middle of a- ATS selection. Some companies have the most open ATS and CRM out there and are looking for what's the next leapfrog move we can make to make TA more effective and efficient. And so depending where you are in that journey, you know, we would make suggestions as to what types of technologies you should be looking at. Look, you need to start with really good anchor systems, applicant tracking systems, CRMs. You know, I believe that uh, every organization is going to need a recruitment marketing platform. Uh, that to me is like the thing you got to be thinking about. But I would argue 
that one, the technology is not mature enough yet uh, for for folks to leverage it in a meaningful way. And two, if you don't have an ETS and a CRM that work uh, well, that are open, that integrate, uh, you're you're going to have an issue. Uh, you, you shouldn't even waste your time on on a recruitment marketing platform. Uh, I would also argue that, as you stated, analytics are super important. You know, I don't think companies are leveraging them in a meaningful way. But frankly, I think it's because the systems are so separated and don't integrate with each other. And so I do believe that as recruitment process automation makes its way into the space, that's where you're going to start to see the analytics. RPA, which is going to span out of the bots category, is going to connect the dots between all the systems. Imagine, I'm going to explain to you why I think things are going to morph in that direction. If you have a bot that is the communication layer, the medium through which you communicate with me, there's no reason why that bot couldn't take me across the whole hiring process. You put the job on the job board, tell me, you know, ask me the, the, the knockout questions, connect with the assessment system and give me the assessment, connect with the video interviewing system and give me the video interviewing, you know, uh, you know, to take the video interview to take, you schedule my, my, my interviews. Now, in order to do that, it needs to integrate with those platforms in order to, because it's integrated with those platforms, it has access to all the data. So um, in this ecosystem of the future that I mentioned five years from now, we believe you're going to have an analytics and automation layer that cuts across the entire ecosystem. And so that's further from, you know, RP, RPA right now is going to pop out of bots in the future. RPA is going to going to cut across the whole ecosystem as this automation and um, analytics layer. Final question. Where can people find the ecosystem and where can they find Talent Tech Labs? Uh, so Talent Tech Labs, uh, we have a website, talenttechlabs.com. Um, we actually give away the ecosystem for free. Uh, we, we consider it a marketing piece. Uh, but in our research library, we go deep into every single bubble on that ecosystem. We have reports, five reports deep for every bubble on that ecosystem, which talk about uh, the, the features functionality, the business problems that you should have if you're thinking about leveraging that technology and all, you know, we actually do what we call provider resumes, which are write-ups of the talent acquisition technology tools. So uh, you can even get a write-up or, or benchmark the tools against each other. So, um, you know, if you're interested in, in getting the ecosystem free download on our website, we actually have great, um, you know, resources that we give away for free. And actually right now uh, to support the Black Lives Matter movement, and really try to push uh, push companies to leverage technology to help them hire diverse talent. We're actually giving away one of our research reports that sits behind our paywall for free uh, on diversity technology. And I, I highly suggest you guys download that and, and really try to embrace uh, technology. And I, I would argue that technology is not the only answer. It's a piece of it, but it's the only, it's what we do. It's how we can make a difference and uh, making that free. We believe we can help organizations uh, hire more diverse talent. Jonathan, thank you very much for talking to me. My thanks to Jonathan. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can also listen and subscribe to the show on Spotify. You can find and search all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. 
On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.